Broadcasting from the heart of Jacksonville, Florida, Florida. it's Keb Keb. Unfiltered, a podcast about truth, justice, and what's going to offend the maximum amount of people with the minimum amount of effort. You know, the American way. That's the American way. Parental discretion is heavily advised. Your parents might learn something. Now, here's your host, The Cab. Welcome to the program, everybody. Hope everybody had a great Veterans Day weekend. Enjoyed their three-day weekend. Enjoyed the Monday off. I know I didn't. I didn't have it off. But, uh, a lot of good things. Caught up on a lot of things this weekend, uh specifically what was on TV had a had a great weekend of football uh Jags are off but uh took uh my 12-year-old son to the Gator game on Saturday against Vanderbilt the shellacking of Vanderbilt we had a great time there came home to to the wife watching Alabama versus LSU that great game there how good is LSU? How good are they? Man, go into Tuscaloosa, come out with the W. Yeah, that's a great game. That's Sunday here with the Jags off, turned it on. The Titans are beating the Chiefs, god damn it. And then on Monday night, we had the Niners and the Seahawks overtime. I don't know. Did he, did he call tails? In overtime, and uh, and the ref said he called heads. I don't know. It's hard to tell on that video. Yeah, but I'll uh, I'll go with the conspiracy theory that he called tails, and then the ref heard heads. That happened a number of years ago. Uh, some Steelers game. Jer- I, I just remember Jerome Bettis calling. Uh, I forget what he called, but then he said he called something else. I, I don't know. But uh, the controversy of referees across football uh, continues. No way, shape, or form are they any worse than Major League Baseball umpires. Major League Baseball umpires are the worst, quote-unquote, referees in professional sports. That's That's just a fact. You know, you could disagree with me. Trust me, you don't watch more baseball than I do. You, you just don't. You know, in Jacksonville, I've been quoted as saying that there's like seven baseball fans. Three of them live in my house. You know, another one lives over off the river. Um, it just, you don't watch more baseball than I do. You know, you may watch more football than I do because I just really watch the big games and the Jaguars. You know, so don't try to argue with me. Well, there's two things not to argue with me on. Three things, actually, is my knowledge of the Atlanta Braves, my knowledge of the Jacksonville Jaguars, eh, a couple more things. You you can argue with me about presidential history. I'm pretty good at that. You know, I, I've studied it, and I'm pretty good at it. Um, and you don't want to argue with me on Star Wars stuff. You really don't. You know, and if if you have a question you want to try to, you know, yeah, let's play that game. Let's play the game Stump Cap. So if you've got a question about the Braves, the Jaguars, presidents, 
or Star Wars and you think that you can stump me, then send it on over. You go hit me a DM on Twitter at KebLives, K E B L I V E S. You can uh, hit me on the email, keblivescomedy at gmail.com. Uh, Facebook is Keb Unfiltered. Uh, I got an Instagram now. I got an Instagram I'm trying to build. I've got like 11 followers or whatever. So if you want to hit me on Instagram, it's it's uh, Keb Lives Comedy, I think, uh, or Keb Unfiltered or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I'm not quite certain how to work that junk yet. I actually have a Snapchat as well. But the only reason that I have a Snapchat is because I understand that that's what the kids are using these days. And I kind of want to keep an eye. Uh, I got a I got a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old on, on there. And I kind of want to keep my eye on them. So I just have that. And, and you know what's funny is my 12-year-old boy got a phone this year. And... He's got, you know, all our numbers logged in and could text and could call and whatnot. But he'll, like, take pictures and alter them because he thinks they're funny. And they are. And he'll Snapchat them to me rather than text them to me. I just think that's odd. But anyhow, uh, welcome to the program. Today we are going to do a couple things that I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, I want to know out there what you guys are watching on uh, TV with with Disney Plus coming out this week and releasing The Mandalorian that I'm probably going to watch tonight. Um, I I just want to know what you guys are watching if I miss it. I've watched some damn good movies and some damn good TV shows and I'm going to give you my review on a couple of them today. Three just kind of stick out there. And uh, this is my one and only warning. Uh, probably not one and only. I'll probably give it again here in a second. But there are going to be spoilers in this episode of two Netflix movies and an Amazon Prime show. So if you haven't seen these shows, when I get to the point, I'll give another spoiler warning. If you don't want to be spoiled, click the stop button don't listen further there are going to be spoilers however this happened two nights ago and I gotta tell you this story because it made me feel old Um, the moniker that I go by the name that I go by is the Keb and to give you a little history on that the the Keb brand I have literally been working on for 30 years and I started it probably I think probably in the eighth grade so you're looking at 1989 so exactly 30 years and when I started it at first it was a stage name because I wanted to be a rapper Now, in the late 80s, early 90s, being a white rapper was not as politically correct as it is today. But I wanted to be a white rapper. I listened to uh, a band called DC Talk. Uh, I wanted to be a white Christian rapper, to tell you the truth, if you can believe that. 
and I listen to uh, Vanilla Ice, I listen to MC Hammer, but I also listen to Run It DMC, uh, LL Cool J, uh, but for that matter, I also listen to Guns N' Roses, I also listen to Metallica, I listen to Danzig, I listen to Motley Crue, um, I listen to all these different genres, I was a big Public Enemy fan, big Aerosmith fan, I'm still to this day a huge Guns N' Roses fan, they're probably, outside of DC Talk, they're probably my favorite band, and I, I just think they were way ahead of their time, and anybody wants to argue with me, Appetite for Destruction is, is one of the greatest albums ever. And yes, I'm talking to you Led Zeppelin people, or Rolling Stones people, um, but... Uh, but I listened to all these different types. Anyhow, I wanted to be a Christian rapper, and but I was at the time, you know, the wrong color, basically, and uh, and it went that way. So fast forward through high school, through um, I guess you could call it. We'll call it the college years, because I stated before in a previous episode. Uh, my favorite subject in college was Bud Light and Jack Daniels. That was my favorite in, uh, in, in Florida Gator football. Um, so it didn't turn out probably how my parents wanted it to turn out. And uh, I, I finally got tired of spending their money. So when I got into my adult age, the, the moniker kind of went away and went away but when I got back into entertainment um, specifically when I went on the radio I was on sports talk radio for a number of years really it um, how how could I put this it, it, it kind of came back you know it, it gave me an opportunity to, to build this brand to say some outlandish things I didn't have to say them with my name so I didn't have to embarrass my mom but there are so many people on media, no matter what, podcasts, social media, radio, TV, there's so many people on media that do not say what they think, and they give you this canned response, and it's fucking bullshit, and you know it's bullshit, they know it's bullshit, but it's what expected of you. Like, when I started listening to podcasts, I really couldn't i mean there are ones that are they have subjects and that's fine you know but i was really looking for a podcast to listen to to where somebody gave me what they thought you know here's the topic what do you think and that's what i try to do i try to give people a topic and here's what i think and maybe you get a chuckle out of it and maybe you don't and maybe you think it's dumb and don't listen. I really don't care. But for those of you that do it, oh, and I was going to bring this up earlier. Thank you very much. I guess no one had anything better to do on uh, Veterans Day weekend because we got more uh, hits, downloads, plays, whatever you want to call them, uh, than we normally do. And uh, I want to thank everybody out there that's that's listening. Uh, apparently, some of you see some value in somebody who uh, wants to give you a chuckle and tell you what he thinks. But um, anyhow, so that is how I started br building this brand of of the Keb. 
Now, my daughter, who is 14, is into kind of half of what I was into when I was her age, which is theater. Um, I was a performer. I I was also an athlete, uh, if you want to call it that. But I was into the performing arts, you know, and still am, too. I, I enjoy it. I really do. And uh, she's into that. So when she comes to me and talks about monologues and things of that nature, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm generally interested. You know, and I'm generally interested in, in everything that they do, but, but, you know, I know a little something about this. You know, so... Anyhow, uh, I try to help her as best that I can, but my brand of monologue and what she could turn in are two different things. I mean, if I wrote a monologue for her and she went and told uh, her class at school, then uh, I would probably get called to the principal's office being like, what the hell? Now, the other night, anyhow, so my point is that I don't feel that disconnected from what I did to what she's doing it's being or what I do to what she's doing I try to stay as up to date with the times as I can Um, and I felt that I was doing a pretty good job until two nights ago so it's around the time that she goes to bed and so I kind of poke my head in there saying, hey, let's wrap it up. And she calls me, bruh. Now, back when I was in high school, you know, surfer guys, oh, hey, brah, hey, brah. And so I was just making a joke. And I said, hey, did you just call me a bra? You know, kind of a, you know, quote, dad joke. And she gives me this look. And she starts kind of chuckling. And then she says this term that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not going to say offended me because it didn't offend me. It was just kind of funny. She goes, okay, boomer. Now, you say boomer to me, and I think baby boomer. People who were born right after World War II, which is not me. I was born 30 fucking years after World War II. So, I was, I corrected her. I said, I'm not a boomer. I'm Generation X. And you would have thought I said the funniest thing ever. Because she's dying uncontrollable laughter at me. And I had no fucking clue why she was laughing at me. It's almost, it's almost as much of a mystery as why people keep putting that fucking meme on social media of the chick yelling at the cat. Which, if you do some research about that meme, one picture has not a goddamn thing to do with the other. But there are some funny ones out there. My personal favorite is the one where she is screaming that she... um, wants the Popeye's chicken sandwich. And the cat's like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's my personal favorite one. There are some funny ones out there, but it's like every other picture. If you scroll down Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, 
You know, it's like every other picture is this stupid fucking meme that you can't get away from. It's dumb. Stop doing it. Anyhow, so I was as confused at that meme as I was at why she was uncontrollable, uncontrollably laughing at me. Because I corrected her from calling me a boomer. So, I looked this thing up on Urban Dictionary, and it says exactly like that. It's kind of like telling an older person to go fuck themselves. Because, you know, I guess some older people, and I don't do this very often. I make some jokes about it, but I don't do this very often to where I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, back in my day, we used to have these things called pencils. And I don't know... Whatever happened to the number one pencil, but the number two pencil's popular. You know, it's not like I do that. Or I could say, well, back in my day, we had the phone on the wall in the kitchen. Yeah, I don't do that stuff. I don't do that stuff. But it got me, it reminded me of how much older I am than her and now I'm kind of considered the old guy which I really the kind of circles that I run in I'm kind of the young guy but it reminded me a number of years ago we went to this place called the Museum of Science and History here in Jacksonville Uh, we call it the locals call it mosh and I was kind of pissed walking through this thing Museum of Science and History, right? And we're walking through, and there's kind of like a middle part where they've got, like, you know, stuff from Florida. And I turn around, and there's a payphone booth, like one like Superman used to change in. It's a payphone booth. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. They've got a payphone, you know, in case you need to call somebody. Nope. It was an exhibit. So, if I were to take them, they were little, this is before they had phones and Instagrams and all that, but I was just a little offended they put a fucking payphone in a fucking museum. Um, where, I mean, payphones are still relevant, right? I mean, not everybody has a phone. There's homeless people out there who find a fucking 35 cents, fucking put them in there, a quarter or whatever it costs, put it in there and call somebody. But uh, you can call 1-800-GOLF-TIPS. If you don't know the story behind 1-800-GOLF-TIPS, Google it. Don't call it. Don't call 1-800-GOLF-TIPS. Because you're going to get a sex line. Unless you're into that kind of thing. You know. But, just Google 1-800-GOLF-TIPS. It's kind of funny. It's got a website all dedicated to it. Anyhow. Yeah, but they're still relevant. Right? But now, after this... I was thinking if we were to go back there, which I've been planning to go back there because they got a kick-ass planetarium. But if we go back there and they see this thing, if they were to ask me, and especially because of my last name, which is Pound, P-O-U-N-D, if they were to ask me, hey, Daddy, on this payphone, that's what you call it? Yeah. Um, why does it have... A hashtag on it I think my head would blow up if they asked me that you know the term hashtag people 
is the pound sign and whatever you're putting behind it. That whole thing is the hashtag. It's the pound sign. It's not a hashtag sign. The hashtag is the entire, it's like hashtag Motivation Monday. You know, hashtag Wisdom Wednesday or Wednesday Wisdom or whatever. If you're on Twitter, that's the hashtag. The little pound sign is not the hashtag. The hashtag is the whole thing. I feel stupid having to explain that to people. You know. Anyhow, I felt old. She thought it was hilarious. Just one more example of how out of touch the 40-somethings are getting. So try to stay relevant, people. You know, try to stay relevant. You got to know who Cardi B is. Uh, you got to know who, uh, who uh, my, my son likes that song, Old Town Road, and uh, Nas X, or whatever his name is, um, I was like, I thought Billy Ray Cyrus sang that, he's like, he does, well, he's this other guy, well, he sings it too, well, how many people sing this thing, you know, back, back in my day? You only had one, like 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 MC Hammer. He's saying you can't touch this. No one else did it. You know, Vanilla Ice. He's saying Ice Ice Baby. No one else did it. Aerosmith, walk this way. Well, I guess Run DMC did that. That's a bad example. Aerosmith, dude looks like a lady. Guns N' Roses, sweet child of mine. Metallica, Enter Sandman. You know, not even nearly the best Metallica song, by the way. The best Metallica song ever comes off of their album, Man, Justice for All, and it's a song called One. That's the best Metallica song. It's like nine minutes long. You know, it's longer than uh, than um, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, or just as long. You know, which is top ten most karaoke songs, by the way, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, by Meatloaf. You know, but, uh, anyhow, I just thought that was funny. If you have any stories of, you know, feeling old or anything like that, shoot them to me. Keb Lives at Twitter, K-E-B-L-I-V-E-S, Keb Lives Comedy at gmail.com, Keb Unfiltered on the Facebook, and my new Instagram is Keb Lives Comedy, I think. Uh, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure, figure that one out. All right, what I wanted to get into today is um, we I'm, I, I watched two movies on Netflix and eagerly awaiting The Irishman coming the 27th of November and watched a full series on Amazon Prime. Before you ask, yes, I have a life. Yes, I have another job. I find the time. You know, I don't go out drinking every night anymore. I don't uh, mess around, basically go to work and come home. That's my life now, and I like it. I love it. Yeah, you know, go home. Me and the wife enjoy, you know, the same type of shows. And, uh, you know, so we put them on the TV, eat a little dinner, kids doing their homework, all that good stuff. You know, our kids got, you know, all their stuff and uh, on the weeknights and then on the weekends, you know, it's football time, you know. Um, oh, another good football game this week was uh, the Steelers beat the Rams. And the reason I like that is because Jalen Ramsey, who was a Jaguar, went to the Rams, and he got two pass interference uh, calls against him. <laughs> so, um, and my wife is from Pittsburgh. And she's a big Pittsburgh fan, which 
I enjoy watching the Steelers because every time they play the Jaguars, they lose. You know, every time it matters. You know, like in the playoffs, you know, for we have a better record against them in Pittsburgh than we do in Jacksonville. And Jacksonville has a funny way of being better on the road than they are at home. I guess they don't like to, to reward their season ticket holders and people who go to the game, um, including yours truly, with a win at home. Yeah, because it it doesn't happen all, all all that all that often. But hell, a, a win for the Jaguars right now doesn't ha- happen all that often. We got to win out to to win the division, or at least get in the playoffs. Be eleven and five. Anyhow, so watch a couple things, and I want to give my review on a couple of them. I'll take you through it again. Spoilers are coming. Last chance. I'll pause for five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, spoilers are coming. The first thing that we're going to talk about is the movie El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. I was a very large Breaking Bad fan. I did not watch it when it was on AMC. I was, a friend of mine said that it was Sopranos-esque, a Sopranos-type show, that on that level of TV show, and I think that The Sopranos are the best, The Sopranos is the best show to ever be on TV, period. Not even, you know, a, uh, a contest. Anyhow. So, I was a big Breaking Bad fan, and I love the show, love everything about it. I've watched the series three times, from start to finish. So, when I heard that El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, was coming out, I was pretty excited, but pretty curious to see, you know, if they still had it, what were they going to do, and you come find out, you watch the trailers and all that. It's basically the story, we know what happened to Walter White, we know what happened to Mike Ehrmantraut, we know what happened um, to Saul, because we got a prequel call, we got Better Call Saul, which kind of shows you, in the last two episodes of Breaking Bad, Saul makes a comment that, he says, best case scenario, he's going to be a manager in uh, of a Cinnabon in Omaha, Nebraska, which is exactly what happens to him in Better Call Saul. So, and we're finding out how he became Saul. So he, we got that over there, but we never really found out what happened to Jesse. And ha, ha, did he get away? What, what happened? What was his story arc? So... Enter El Camino Breaking Bad movie, and we'll just get into it. It starts out with Jesse and Mike Ehrmantraut, if you remember him, um, standing by a river that looks eerily the same as the river that Walter White shot, you know, Mike Ehrmantraut by and where he where he died by. But they're standing there, they're having a conversation about, you know, if they were to get out of this business what would they do and Mike's not really playing along very well but but Jesse you know keeps asking him asking him he said well maybe I would go to Alaska you know so <coughs> excuse me so 
then it switches to the basically the end of Breaking Bad, to where Jesse is driving. If you remember how Breaking Bad ended, he kind of nods at Walt, gets in an El Camino, which was owned by Todd, one of the uh, white supremacist guys, and busts through the gate and drives away, drives to, to, to freedom, I guess. And then you saw Walter White laying on the ground after he looked at the... Uh, at the, the the meth kitchen and uh, you heard sirens and the cops were coming anyhow so Jesse's driving away so he continued to drive away here come the cops so he pulls kind of in a driveway lets the cops pass and then takes off and goes to a house he knocks on the door and lo and behold um, it shows the inside of the house and skinny Pete and Badger uh, from the original series are in there. They apparently live together. Um, they're in there and they are playing a video game. They hear the knock on the door. They get a knock on the door. Lo and behold, it's Jesse. Jesse says, hey, we need to get this car off the street. They pull it around back. <clears throat> they pull it around back and Jesse, you know, goes to get something to eat. Apparently he's very hungry. He takes, um, he falls asleep he wakes up in the morning kind of freaks out on him doesn't really know where he is he's got major uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and he they take a shower he shaves his head back to where you could recognize him if you remember how he was at the end of Breaking Bad with the long hair and all that that's how he was when he arrived at Skitty Pete and Badgers and that's um, where he, he gets off he comes out and uh, he kind of fi figures out what he's got to do. If you remember from Breaking Bad, he then calls uh, a guy named Joe. Joe's the guy that ran the wrecker service that demolished the and got rid of the RV in the original in the original uh, uh, series. Uh, he calls him to come out. They need to get rid of this car. Um, he comes out, and he walks around it. Lo and behold, they have ignited the low jack. So guess what? The cops are on their way. So Skinny Pete Badger and Jesse devise a plan to get out, get Jesse around. Jesse's going to take this car. Badger's going to take this car. You know, Skinny Pete and all that. And that's basically the last you see of uh, Badger and, uh, and Skinny Pete. Uh, great line is Jesse asks Skinny Pete why is he helping him basically and he says uh, because you're my hero so then you see Jesse going away and basically and, and I might be skipping through a couple of things here but basically he needs money he doesn't have a lot Skinny Pete Badger gave him a little bit but he, need, he needs money so he knew that Todd had hid some money, and there's flashbacks throughout this whole thing. You get more of Todd's story. You get more of Jesse with Todd, um, how much of a psychopath Todd was, you know, and I'm not going to get into all that, but Jesse needs money. So he basically goes to um, Todd's old apartment. Remember, Todd's dead. So he basically goes to Todd's old apartment and tears it apart looking for cash. Now, while he's doing that, and he finds it, by the way, it's in the fridge. 
while he's doing that, two guys show up with, uh, I believe, DEA jackets on. Could have been FBI, but I think it's DEA. DEA would make more sense to, you know, toss the apartment again, to search the apartment again. And Jesse's in there, so he goes to hide. And this guy kind of pokes his nose in the wrong place. Jesse puts a gun in his face, says, look, I'm not into killing cops, so be cool. And these guys aren't real cops. You know, they're they're part of the offshoot of the white supremacist people that were holding Jesse hostage. And so um, one of them you would kind of recognize from the old uh, the old show, but maybe not really. Anyhow, so they devise a deal that they will split the money and um, and Jesse gets enough of what he needs to go see Ed the vacuum man now Ed the vacuum man if you remember is the guy who helped Walter White disappear and he helped Saul disappear and he was gonna help Jesse but Jesse left because he was pissed off at Mr. White and wanted to get back at him with Hank at the end of Breaking Bad, if you remember correctly. So um, he goes in there. Ed, the vacuum man, denies, you know, ever knowing him or anything. Finally, finally uh, uh, gives it up and says, okay, you owe me, you want me to make you, you know, Go away, you owe me for this time and last time. So it's 125 grand to disappear, but he owes him for last time too. So it's $250,000, right? $250,000. So he says it'll get him some money. A funny thing happened in there. He wouldn't leave. So, um, you know, Ed Ed the disappearer, you know, calls the cops on him. And, uh, and uh, the cops show up, and so he runs away, takes his money, runs away, and goes and sees these guys that were the fake cops in at their place. Anyhow, these guys have been, you know, they got money now, so they've been doing coke, they've been, they've been drinking, you know, they're, they're heavily armed, and... He shows up asking for a favor. He need, I think he needs like two or three grand. And uh, he wants them to give it to him. They're not going to give it to him. So one of them says, you know, hey, how about, you know, we, we have a gunfight for it, Old West style. Uh, let me back up a second. In between all that, Jesse went to his parents' house called them, said, hey, can you pick me up elsewhere? They get out, so the cops that are watching his parents, they leave. He goes in the house, gets into their safe, and you think he's looking for money, but he's not. Uh, he takes their guns. So Jesse now is is looking down, you know, Old West style, this guy, to have a gunfight, has a gun in his belt, but unbeknownst to the gentleman that he is facing off with he has one in his pocket as well with his hand on it so the guy asks him are you ready and he says yeah you know kind of smart assy 
and uh, the guy goes for his gun, and Jesse takes the other gun and shoots him like three times. He's dead. A gunfight ensues. Uh, long story longer. Jesse wins because they're not going to kill the main character. You know, Jesse you know, wins that and gets the money that he needs and in turn blows the place up. He goes back to Ed the Disappearer, pays him his money, and gets to live happily ever after in Alaska. And that's kind of paraphrasing, of course, the, uh, the movie El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. There are a ton of flashbacks in the movie. There are flashbacks, um, and the one that I've left out towards the end of the movie you see a flashback to Jesse's in a hotel room now if you remember in season 2 of Breaking Bad I think uh, they were cooking in the RV and decide to go uh, take a break and go to a hotel and um, have a night hotel and, and breakfast and buffet and all this good stuff well that's where they are and you see him walk out of his hotel room and he's going to go get some breakfast and then come around the corner you see Walter White played by Brian Cranston and as they they sit and have breakfast and have a conversation like like they had you know never never been apart you know it's supposed to happen during season 2 it's a flashback but it, it's pr- basically the most anticipated um, the most anticipated scene, you know, out of the entire movie, and uh, and probably one of, one of the better ones. But a ton of flashbacks, um, a ton, uh, you know, Todd's in a number, um, a number of scenes uh, with with his arc. You get a little bit more, um, you know, story with him. You know, there is a flashback to him. Uh, Speaking with uh, his girlfriend, her name escapes me, Jesse's girlfriend who killed herself on her own vomit, uh, where Walter White watched, uh, her name escapes me, Jane, Jane I think her name is, um, there were references to, it did confirm, the movie did confirm that Walter White is dead, so those of you who did not uh, think Walter White um, thought that he might have survived, that the cops got there and revived him, and now he's in jail. Now he's dead. Um, there was there was commentary alluding to uh, Lydia, who he snuck rice in, in her sweetener. Um, there was there was stuff alluding to her being in critical condition, you know, and probably not going to make it. Um, a ton of Breaking Bad Easter eggs. A ton of Breaking Bad Easter eggs. And it really just had the feel of Breaking Bad. You know, it, it really did. It was just like a like a, a double episode, basically. It, uh, it had the feel of Breaking Bad. And I don't know if they're going to make any more. Vince Gilligan, the creator and director of Breaking Bad, has said that... He is probably not going to make any more. That that's kind of where it ends, and he'll he'll uh, go on with with Better Call Saul, you know, and all that good stuff. But man, 
was it a, was it a, a pretty pretty good movie it was it was it was pretty you know pretty entertaining um, to see those characters again that uh, that you love because it's been off the air six years and uh, to see these characters I mean I watch Better Call Saul so you see a lot of the the character you know origin stories you know but uh, a ton of Breaking Bad Easter eggs and and definitely my um, on my three star level I give it probably two and a half just because I never give a three it's got to be a damn good movie to give a three like I won't even give the rise of Skywalker a three probably and I haven't even seen it yet you know um, I, I probably give it two and a half uh, stars which means it's it's definitely worth a watch it's probably one of the better movies that's on Netflix right now and I go through Netflix daily so it's probably one of the better movies you know on there uh, a couple other things that I'm watching, we're, we're going to run out of time this week, so maybe I'll get to this uh, again uh, next week or, or the week after as we get into the holidays and, and run out of stupid stuff to talk to or talk about. But uh, I did watch the Eddie Mur new Eddie Murphy flick, Dolmite Is My Name, and I thought it was going to be like a recreation of the Dolmite movies of the 70s. It's not. It's a biopic of the guy who created Dolmite, which is a comedian named Rudy Ray Moore. And it is classic Eddie Murphy. Eddie, and I'm not going to get into a full review here, but it is classic Eddie Murphy. It is very funny. It's got Eddie Murphy, Mike Epps, Wesley Snipes, Chris Rock is in it, Bob Odenkirk is in it. From If you don't know who that is, that is Saul Goodman himself. Um, quite a number of other people that I know I'm forgetting here, but it is a great great movie he should probably win something from that i know that uh a beautiful day in the neighborhood is coming out and people think tom hanks is going to win an oscar for his portrayal of fred rogers uh, if you don't know who fred rogers is then you had a shitty childhood um, i know that the irishman is coming out with uh, people thinking that al pacino is going to win an oscar for his portrayal of jimmy hoffa um I know a bunch of good movies. I know a lot of people, a lot of you that have seen uh, Joker. I haven't seen it yet, but a lot of you have seen Joker. think Joaquin Phoenix is going to walk up and just get the Oscar you know, for it. And that would be the second time somebody's won an Oscar for their portrayal of, a comic book of the same comic book character. Um, I know a lot of you, you know, think that. that, that that's great. I'm telling you, Eddie Murphy needs to be in the conversation for Dolmine is my name. He needs to be in the conversation. That movie was released for one day in the theater. It's been released on Netflix, so it has uh, Academy Award consideration. And I think that Eddie Murphy should should win something for it. You know, Golden Globe at least. You know, at least. And and the, the last thing that I'm, I'm really watching um, that that I can't get into now, but I, I will tell you that that you need to if you're not watching this show. You need to get on. There's two seasons to it. And it's on Amazon Prime. It's called Jack Ryan. It's Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. John Krasinski plays him. If you don't know who that is, um, watch on Netflix The Office. And you'll know who John Krasinski is. He plays Jim on The Office. 
and it, it is it is a real 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 good portrayal if you if you ever read the Tom Clancy books or saw Patriot Games or Clear and Present Danger or Hunt for Red October don't watch some of all fears because it's got Ben Affleck in it it's a really good portrayal of Jack Ryan and it gives him a lot more um, a lot more basis to the character yeah, it, it really, it really does. So, that's what's going on. Uh, we're running out of time for this week. Want to thank you for listening. Keb lives on Twitter. Um, you've you've been listening to Keb Unfilter. Always stay for one more drink, guys. That's when shit happens, and we'll talk to you next week. The opinions on this podcast may strike some listeners as vulgar, offensive, or worst of all. Serious. Serious. Please adjust your expectations and interpretations accordingly. In other words, lighten the f*** up. For all other concerns, complaints, and court documents, please direct those towards the nearest brick wall. Thank you for listening.